Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Ladies and gentlemen, the guest we have right here is returning to the Paul Leslie Hour. He is a legend in music, both for the recordings he has made, but also the songs he wrote that others recorded. He's known for his songs like City Lights, World of Make-Believe, Mama Sang a Song, Poe Folks, some really great songs, and some of the songs he wrote that are more associated with the other people that recorded them would be Give It Away, recorded by George Strait, Whiskey Lullaby by Brad Paisley and Allison Krauss, A Lot of Things Different by Kenny Chesney, I Could Go On Forever. He is one of only a few people who is an inductee of the All Genres Songwriters Hall of Fame, the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame, and the Country Music Hall of Fame. He's also a 59-year member of the Grand Old Opry. Bill Anderson, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Paul. Good talking to you again. Have I done all of that? My goodness, no wonder I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it occurred to me, there's only a few people who are in the Country Music Hall of Fame, the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame, and uh, the the National, uh, as well as the Nashville. You're in the company of Willie Nelson, Loretta Lynn, and Dolly Parton. That's it's. well, I tell you what, that's that's a pretty nice neighborhood to live in. I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you. So, how goes it these days in 2020? Well, you tell me. I mean, we're all kind of going through the same thing. I told somebody this morning. I feel like every day is Groundhog Day. You know the movie where Bill yes. Murray woke up and every day was just like the day before. That's kind of what this has been like with the quarantine and all, but. Hey, I'm still putting one foot in front of the other and uh, I still have a positive outlook that this is all going to end one day soon and we can get back to being normal, whatever that is. So what have you been up to? Some songwriters I've talked to, they've said, hey, as far as inspiration, it's never been better. And then I hear from other people, they say, man, I, I can barely make coffee. Well, if I ever lose the ability to make coffee, I'm really in trouble because I do that first thing every morning. I've actually been writing a pretty good bit. I have not written songs about the pandemic. I have not written these types of songs that a lot of people are writing, but I have found myself writing, and it's really funny because, Paul, when I first started writing, I wrote everything by myself for 25 or 30 years. I didn't do any co-writing. And in the last 20, 25 years or so, I have done a lot of co-writing. But during this lockdown and everything, where you really can't get with other people, I'm going back to writing by myself. And I wondered if I could do that, because I had gotten away from it. And I thought, well, maybe I've been using co-writing as a crutch. But I've been very pleased to find out that I can still write a song by myself. And I've done a good bit of that during this time and just stockpiling things and living for the day when they open the recording studios back up and I can get in and put some of these things down. Well, speaking of recordings, you have this new album out. It's called The Hits Reimagined. I have been listening to it. I love it. I love the fact that there's instrumental versions of the songs on there as well, which is really unique. 
Your singing sounds great. So tell us what gave you the idea to create this album, The Hits Reimagined. It came about about as backwards as you can imagine. Normally, you go in to record an album, you you do your vocals, and then you kind of add the instrumentation, and then you build it from there. This one started when I was doing an audio book. I had an autobiography come out, and I think maybe you and I talked about it at the time, back in 2016, and I did an audio version of the autobiography. I read my own audio book, and while we were doing it, the engineer, who happens to be a great musician, suggested, why don't I play some little guitar vignettes maybe behind some of the songs that you're talking about? I would be reading a chapter like on the song Whiskey Lullaby, and he said, why don't I play a little bit the signature lick maybe from Whiskey Lullaby? And I said, let's try that. Well, it turned out so good that when we got through, I said, you know, we ought to just make an album of instrumentals, bring in a couple of more players. It's been years since anybody in country music did an instrumental record. So we did that, and before we started, I said, just for the heck of it, play the instrumentals in the keys that I would sing the songs in. Maybe I'll come along and put my vocals on top of them someday, which is exactly what happened. So we started with the little instrumental vignettes, we went to the full instrumentals, and then we went to the vocals. It was just totally backwards. But uh, I'm very pleased with the way it all turned out, and I appreciate your kind words. Thank you. My pleasure. So one of the songs on here is I think it's just one of the the great songs ever written. And I'm talking about a lot of things different. And I want to tell you that when the the version came out that, that most people know because it was such a successful recording, the Kenny Chesney version came out. We were doing a radio show, and I arrived at the studio, and we were kind of in a hurry to get things done. The engineer, Jeff Pike, he had these headphones sitting there, and he said, uh, you're going to listen to this song. And I said, Jeff, we got to get going. <laughs> and he said, no, you're going to listen to this song. And he put the headphones on me, and I listened to that song, and it's just, it's such a knockout. I'm hoping you can tell us about that song. Well, well I appreciate you saying that. I wrote that song with a great songwriter named Dean Dillon. And Dean Dillon has just been announced as the 2020 songwriter inductee into the Country Music Hall of Fame, and very deservedly so. He's written a lot of big hits people would recognize for people like George Strait and, and various others. Dean Dillon and I wrote a lot of things different together one morning. We knew when we got through writing it that we had written something pretty unique and different. We didn't know, of course, that it was going to be a big hit. You never know those kinds of things. You just know when you've said what you wanted to say in writing a song. But I've been very proud of this song down through the years and uh, proud of my association with Dean Dillon. I love Kenny Chesney's record on this song. I've had so many people tell me that this is one of their favorite songs. I, I think maybe you have to have lived a few years to fully understand the song. I told Kenny when he recorded it, I said, about 40 years from now, you'll understand what this song is all about. <laughs> I said, you're too young to really grasp it right now. But uh, thank you for your kind words about it. I'm glad you like it. We had Dean Dillon on the show, and he talked about you a little bit. How would you describe this man who, as you said, is now going to be in the Country Music Hall of Fame? You know, the interesting thing about Dean was that when Dean and I started to write this song, we didn't know each other all that well. We had booked a writing appointment, but 
he called me about two days before we were going to get together, and he said, you know, we really have never gotten to know each other all that well. He said, let's meet for breakfast on the morning that we're going to ride. So we met at a little out-of-the-way cafe and sat there over some scrambled eggs and hash brown potatoes. And he told me about his life, and I told him about mine. And I think the fact that we had that conversation really led us to writing this song. I don't think we would have written this song had we not uh, had that time together because we were kind of in that reflective mood when we went to his office uh, a couple of hours after we ate. And and the song just kind of poured out of both of us. It it came from a, a deep place inside of both of us. He's a he's a wonderful guy. His background very different from mine. I was very fortunate to uh, have been raised by uh, a mom and dad and lived kind of a, a middle class life, I guess, down in the state of Georgia and South Carolina where I was born. Dean never even knew his father. And and it was very sad to me. And, and, and we compared, you know, his upbringing and mine. And I think the song is a result of, of that, uh, that fact of, of us learning about each other as we did. You've got a lot of great songs. And as we were discussing, you have also these instrumental versions of the songs on this album, The Hits Reimagined. And there's a lot of high points for me. I really like Which Bridge to Cross, Which Bridge to Burn. I thought that came out really nice. What about you? What track on this album do you think, okay, we, we really knocked this one out? <laughs> oh, well, I don't, I do like that one. That was the first song that Vince Gill and I wrote together when we got into the, the co-writing thing and, and, uh, and he had a, a big hit record on it. It's one of two songs on this record that I had never recorded before. I had recorded all the others except Which Bridge to Cross and the song called I'll Wait for You, which was a big hit for Joe Nichols. You know, it's very hard to, uh, to listen, I guess, and be objective. Uh, as, as to, you know, what you like, uh, or what you don't like. We, we took a very unusual approach on these songs. I, the word intimate, I guess, kind of comes to mind, and that we didn't try to let the music overpower the vocals, and they kind of put my soft voice out on top of everything. I, I, I think which bridge to cross, uh, and, and I'll wait for you, primarily because I had never done them before. So I wasn't, I wasn't reimagining them. I was kind of imagining them for myself for the first time. We had Jeannie Seeley on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I was looking at the liner notes to her album, all these great writers that she records. And I asked her, I said, who is the best person writing country music today? And she'd say, I'd have to say Bill Anderson. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I look at the tracks here and, You've written some songs with some great artists. And as we were mentioning, Dean Dillon, you also have written songs with Buddy Cannon, Jamie Johnson. Who would you say is the best songwriter out there today? Oh, my goodness. There are so many, and there are so many whose, whose names I don't even know uh, or whose work I'm not familiar with because I, I see so many new names uh, coming up on these songs that, that people are writing. Dean Dillon is, uh, to me, the epitome of a great songwriter. Uh, golly. Uh, uh, Brad Paisley is a great songwriter. Brad and I have written a song during this uh, pandemic. We got together on Zoom one day, and he called me and said, I've got an idea that I'd like for us to write. 
and, and we did, and he told me the other day that he's going to record it as soon as he can get back in the studio. Oh, golly, throwing that out there cold on me without a chance to really think of some of the great writers. You kind of got me stumped there. I need a, I need a few minutes <laughs> to sit down and, uh, and, and think about it. Well, in addition to, as you said, itching to get back into a recording studio, what's something that when, God willing, this is all behind us, the pandemic and whatever else is coming our way, what's something that you really, really, you, you're chomping at the bit to do? I want to go hug my grandkids. Hmm. I've got eight grandchildren, and I haven't been able to just put my arms around them and hug them and tell them I love them and my three children. I want to do that before I do anything else. I just want to grab them all and say, I love you. And, and, uh, we've come through this somehow and hopefully there are better days ahead. Uh, that's the first thing I want to do. The second thing I want to do is I want to go to a ball game. <laughs> I don't care if it's basketball, baseball, football. I want to go sit in the crowd. I'm a sports junkie. And I want to go sit in the crowd and yell for my favorite team at a sporting event somewhere. I have really missed that. <laughs> you know, you were just mentioning about writing this uh, this long-distance song with Brad Paisley. Was that something that you adjusted to right away? Was that Did it feel strange at all? Well, you know, I'm sitting there, and, and his face is on my computer, and I, my face is on his computer, and it's it's different. But let, let me tell you something that I noticed about it that, that I, I thought was very positive. It's easy sometimes when you're in the room with another writer to get distracted. You know, somebody's phone rings, somebody gets up to go get a cup of coffee or to go to the restroom, and you start talking about things. And, and you have to come back and concentrate on what you got together for in the first place, and that's to write a song. When we were sitting there just face-to-face, -face, just him in a room and me in a room, we really kept our concentration. We, we concentrated right on the song, and, and we wrote it. I don't want to say fast because we didn't we didn't write it fast. We wanted to write it well and write it you know right. But it was interesting how the the concentration from both of us uh, it didn't waver. We stayed right on track, you know, with the song and with the idea that we were trying to write. And I, I'm not sure, but what we wrote it better than we would have written it had we been in the same room together with all the distractions. Interesting. I want to point all the listeners to BillAnderson.com, BillAnderson.com, and there's something that you do on there that I like, and I'm talking about Bill's Journal, where you just, you write in a, it always feels pretty personal to me, but there's one, it's from August 5th, and you're just talking about how you, you look at yourself as a glass half full kind of guy, and I'm just hoping that maybe you can tell us, for anybody out there that's just having some trouble weathering the storm. Do you maybe have any advice on how they can cope with this time that we're in? Well, I guess we all have different coping methods. I have tried to always be, and I haven't had to really work at it hard because I think it just naturally comes to me. I'm, I'm a person that looks at the glass as being half full. I try to see the, the good in the things. I talked in that journal post, and uh, people can go to my website and, and read it. I talked about things that have happened during this uh, quarantine that 
probably wouldn't have happened in my life had we not been in this quarantine. The the day that my neighbor came down on Easter Sunday and 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 brought me Easter dinner because he knew I was by myself and uh, I was about to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and he brought me a real nice Easter dinner, ham and potatoes and all of that. I talk about the day that the mailman came by and and waved out the the door of his little mail delivery truck and and told me how lucky he felt that he was because he got to deliver the mail to the greatest singer-songwriter that ever lived. And, of course, I wanted to ask him if Willie Nelson had moved on to his route, but I didn't. <laughs> he was so very kind. And the, the fact is that I would not probably have been here the day that the mailman came by. I would have probably been off somewhere doing something. I would have been the back of a tour bus on Easter Sunday coming back for some dates in Texas, and I would have missed my neighbor coming and bringing me dinner. So there are positive things that are coming out of this. I hope somewhere along the way, maybe I've said or done something positive that might have uh, influenced somebody and made them feel a little more positive about things. You know, just try to look at the the good side of this, and and hopefully when it's all over, we can look back and say, you know, hey, I, I learned some things. I slowed down a little bit. Maybe I wasn't in quite as big a hurry as I've been. And I think there's some good positive things to come out of that. And and when you look at the glasses being half full, that's the way that you see it. Very nice. I like that. Well, again, everyone can visit BillAnderson.com. The new album, it's called The Hits Reimagined. Very recommended. Bill Anderson, it's a great pleasure to have you on this show. I thank you so much. Well, I thank you, Paul. I appreciate it very much. Uh, glad you're still doing your shows through all of this, and I know your listeners are uh, are enjoying have, having some new things to listen to during this time. And always good to visit with you, and hope we can do it again someday. Maybe in person <laughs> when this is all over. That would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sir. Thanks again. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hosted, written, and produced by Paul Leslie. Intro theme song, Alexander's Ragtime Band, written by Irving Berlin, performed by Dan Barrett. Outro scatting G-Things, improvised, performed, and produced by John Goodwin. Until next time. Goodbye.